This is the West Greatest Hits at Radio West. Dan Leach with you on this Monday edition of Wake Up Now. The Twilights, Axiom, LRB, plus a raft of solo hits. Uh, what this man hasn't done in music, it's probably not really worth talking about. So instead, let's talk to him about what music is all about. Glenn Shorrick with us this morning. Good morning. Yeah. Uh, morning, Daniel. Morning to everyone listening. I hope there's a lot of them. Oh, there will be. Don't you worry. We've ta- we've been building this up for the last week that we're talking to you, so there's a lot of very happy people. Now, a couple of gigs. In fact, you've got about four gigs you're performing in WA, um, two of them in particular. Yep. You've got the Day on the Green uh, with uh, the Beach Boys and John Paul Young coming up on the 21st at Kings Park. And then yes, you're playing... I'm really, at... I'm really looking forward to that one and, uh, and also coming down to see you guys as well. Yeah, that's right. You're going to be playing at the Quindanning Hotel on November 22. Now, I'll ask you about the Quinn Danning uh, gig in a moment, but performing at the Beach Boys, have you ever done that before? Uh, yeah, we did some gigs with them in America okay. back in the uh, 70s, late 70s, early 80s. Not not many. Um, mm. One I think uh, I can remember. <laughs> <laughs> the, others, the others I can't remember too much. Um, and I'm sure there's a... a a lot of the Beach Boys can't remember no. a lot of things as well. It's a very good but, point. Uh, no, it'll, it'll be interesting to sort of walk up and walk up to Mike Love and say, "Hey, you remember me?" Mm. You know, and um, but you know, I, I'm looking forward to hearing them. In um, those days of the '70s, did you get the chance to sort of just mingle with them before gigs or after gigs? Yeah, briefly. Yeah. You know, backstage stuff. Um, some some people I you know I kept in contact with Glenn Fry from the Eagles, mm. uh, but by and large you know you you it's just the same as in Australia you you meet in uh, green rooms around the around the country or around the world. Um, I'm just lucky enough to have been in in the company of those sort of people people of the, that I've admired myself and been been influenced by um, the Beach Boys especially from mm. 1962 when I first began singing as a, as a teenager in South Australia. The, their their music was some of the first songs that we learned, you know, Surf and Safari and uh, Let's Go Surfing Now, everybody's learned yes. that, all that stuff, you know, because it was pretty easy stuff to learn. Um, but I, I've followed them off and on over, over their career, but, you know, I've been in, influenced by so many different people and that still continues. And for yourself, because uh, you, you moved to Australia when you're about sort of nine, ten years of age, and that, yeah. that, uh, what was it like for you growing up with this sort of just cavalcade of music starting to come through? Well, it was pretty exciting. You know, as you say, I was I was ten when I arrived in uh, in, uh, in Australia in Adelaide, and um, uh, within a couple of years, the rock and roll phenomenon mm. came upon us in 1956. You know, and it changed everything. We you know, I was in my mid-teens. Uh, I was at school. Um, it was pretty grey existence in a way, but as soon as rock and roll came our way, it all turned to Technicolor, as uh, mm-hmm. Keith Richard once said. Um, and it was true for me too. We just gravitated towards uh, the record shops and we were seeking out the, this new rock and roll music that was coming from America. And also at the same time, uh, television was just beginning so we got a great big dollop of american culture and uh you know as you know they invented it Uh, but now i'm still involved in what used to be called rock and roll i don't think there is any rock and roll around apart from uh tribute bands and 50s sort of bands that are still around continuing the uh the tradition i mean but i'm still part of the music uh quote industry and some people say i'm the elder statesman which is uh you know, a funny title to have, yeah. but I, I take it with a pinch of salt. 
now I'm going to mark my age down right now. I'm 31. Growing up, right. for me, yeah. it was a staple in our household of 70s and 80s records. And right. Little River Band was right up top with Help It's On Its Way, Lonesome Loser, Home on a Monday, Cool Change. Yeah. How yeah. often do you sit back and just think to yourself, geez, I've done okay out of this music caper? Oh, quite often. Yeah, quite often. I don't, I, I don't think take things lightly. I've been a very lucky man. I've been involved with some great creative people over the years, uh, uh, beginning with the Twilights, and uh, mm. that, that's still my favourite band. We broke up in 1969, but we had six years together. We were just teenagers when we, when we got together, and uh, we became uh, musicians and entertainers through that. Um, began writing original material, which was spurred on by the Beatles, of course. Mm-hmm. That was a, a big revelation to us. That, all of a sudden, what? They can write their own music. Wow, <laughs> let's try that. Um, so, you know, I've, uh, I've been in creative bands and harmonic bands as well, you know, good harmony singers. And uh, Brian Cadd, of course, came along That's later on. And he and I formed Axiom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we had a, a good three or four years together, but cemented a long-term friendship uh, between us both. And then, of course... Uh, I stayed on in England after Axiom broke up and mm-hmm. they, they left me high and dry in, in London. <laughs> so I started writing some songs in, in, in earnest and um, did a few gigs around London and worked with Cliff Richard and mm. yada, yada, yada. And ended up meeting Bertels and, and Goebel and Wheatley and the seeds of LRB were formed and um, were, were sown and we, we sort of... Uh, we sort of uh, reaped the benefits of the crop uh, from from Melbourne. You know, we were the first sort of Aussie band to take Australian homegrown music around the world, mm. and um, especially America. And uh, you know, life's been good ever since. And that thrill of being such a popular band in the United States. I mean, you know, there's probably a lot of artists these days that take it for granted because of, you know, the fact that people can go onto YouTube, they can get it from iTunes, they can get it a lot more easily readable. At that time, that must have been such a big thrill. Uh, It definitely was. I mean, it was all all dreams come true in a way. Um, It it happened late in in my, not late, but well into my career. Mm. You know, I had that experience from overseas with the Twilights and with Axiom. So uh, America was the um, the place we always wanted to go to, and we we just clicked with the American audience. They they didn't care where we were from. Mm. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, the, a lot of people thought we were a British band to begin with. But the Aussie thing sort of uh, gave us a, an identity and helped uh, helped us um, along the way. You know, we. We sounded different. Yeah, hey, you guys speak great English. <laughs> because a lot of people think we're from Austria. Right? Yes. Um, but no, it was a wonderful experience to reach the top of the charts, uh, you know, about 10 times in a row. And, mm. you know, that was a, a great success for us. Um, and it changed, changed my life. But obviously uh, the LRB name has been sullied a bit yes. recently. and. Mm. It's never been um, a completely um, uh, problem-filled um, time with LRB. You know, I've, I've been in and out of that band a couple of times. Yep. You know, and so uh, it's it, it's a rocky road, but we've had great success, and we've opened the door for, as you say, a lot of people now. And there's a great cross-pollination across the Pacific now. America is no longer the um, 
nirvana that it, it once was. Yeah. You know, it's a, a part of uh, Australian international acts. Um, it's part of their territory now, and that's that's what I'm proud of uh, pioneering. Now, you wouldn't do it if you didn't love it. What's the current thrill of touring with this amazing catalogue of music you have? Um, just the singing, you know. I enjoy the singing. My voice is strong. Mm. Um, I'm singing better than I've ever done, and I'm enjoying it now because I don't have any real... I'm not on the uh, the ladder anymore or the, or the merry-go-round of uh, the, the music machine. Mm. I'm just enjoying the music that I've produced, and... People enjoy it as well, so it, it's all good. And um, I, I get to work with s- some good musicians around the country. Um, they're mainly from Melbourne. My my focus of my my focus of my band is, is is in Melbourne, but I work with different people around the country because I've you know I've got a good reputation, and that's something that I enjoy. I, I just uh, it's part of my job, you know. Mm. I'm an entertainer, and I. I like doing it, and so I'll keep doing it. Now, does it surprise you when you see teenagers and 20-somethings at your gigs? I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm 31, and for me, growing up with your music was a staple in our household, and it's still the case these days with people that are, you know, at home with their parents, and, you know, they loved what you did in the the past and still what you're doing. But does it surprise you when you see that younger set coming to your gigs? No, it's it's nice to have been able to produce that sort of music that does cross generations. Mm. Uh, uh, the music I listen to is old music, you know. This lasted; it still sounds fresh to me. You know, the the old rock, fifties rock and roll, and then the, of course the British invasion, head head by the headed by the Beatles, who were probably my biggest influence. Mm. You know, that still sounds great to me. And um, uh, a good song is a good song, and it'll last through the years. And thankfully, I've got a few of them up my sleeve. In terms of what you listen to nowadays, besides the the music from the past, is there any song, any artists that you listen to that are coming through in the last sort of five ten years that you're like, hey, I like what they're really doing? Oh yeah, there's quite a few, you know, but I, nothing that I've really, uh, oh, what you know, they've really embraced as yeah. such. Um, I, I I tend to, to get my information from television these days. Television seems to be the the window of success these mm. days with with all the competitions and quests and and this and that you know the reality kind of things and i i see a lot of great singers on the voice and i i enjoy them i think uh, guy sebastian was a great mm. find um you know delta gooder was a, a great singer there's there's plenty of talent around mm. um but I, you know I, I have to admit i i don't go out of my way looking for mm. it um Tim Wheatley, uh, Glenn Wheatley's yes. son. I'm obviously involved in mentoring his career, and you know he's growing into a, a great songwriter now. And um, so I'm, I'm interested in that for obvious reasons. But um, uh, you know, if I, I, I if I put put music on now, it's late at night, and it's usually Jackson Brown oh. or Joni Mitchell or Van Morrison or J- uh, James Taylor, the great singer-songwriters of, of our time. Um, I'm influenced a lot by them. And, of course, the band, uh, Little Feet, uh, the Eagles, uh, yeah, you know, the list goes on and on. I'm coming to your house late at night. That sounds like a fun time. <laughs> uh, now, there's a lot of people who wish they were talented enough to write music and lyrics. It's an amazing gift to have. Are you more accustomed to coming up with the lyrics first, or was it the chord that you came up with first? How did it usually work for you? 
a bit of both. Yep. You know, a phrase a phrase will come to mind. I'll read something, or something will trigger something in my psyche. Uh, but a lot of the time, I'm fiddling around on the guitar, or mainly on the piano, and a melody will come, and I'll record that melody. And then, if I'm lucky, then I've got a you know a, a lyric phrase to develop. Um, I, I am working on new material as we speak. I always have been, but um, I'm, I'm a, a notorious butterfly. I'll, 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 I'll get a verse chorus down and I say, oh, well, that's, that's, that's good. Then I'll go on to something else. <laughs> I really finish things. But um, I am working on a new album, which will be out next year. Fantastic. Um, so it's, it's in progress. I've written about five, six, seven songs that I've actually finished, yeah. which is uh, good for me. But I've got... 300, um, I've got 300 on the back burner, as it were, uh, that'll probably never be finished. And um, I've also got, got some, a couple of songs from my old uh, colleague in the Twilights, Terry Britton, who's oh, still a great songwriter and uh, has won Grammys for his work with Michael Jackson and uh, with Tina Turner and stuff mm. like that. So he's given me a couple of nice songs. So... Yeah, there's some new stuff on the pipeline. Now, there's a couple of things that uh, you, you read through people's biographies and you go, oh, really, I didn't realise that. I didn't realise you were in a production of Rocky Horror. Yes. When I, did I, this I've, happen? I've been in theatre, my boy. Yes, I, oh, yes. I, I, know, I know theatre. I've tread the boards. <laughs> I've trodden the boards. Uh, no, I, I have been on a couple of things. Uh, the Rocky Horror thing was a touring version of it back in the 80s. Okay. Uh, I put together my own... Um, review show as well called one for the money mm-hmm. and then followed it up with two for the show and uh, which i performed at the uh regal theater for mm-hmm. a season in perth yep. and took it around the country i've i've played Che guevara in evita i played johnny o'keefe's father recently in yes. shout so yeah i've done a bit uh, i i enjoy the theater it's uh, a different discipline to um being in, in a pop band or a rock and roll band um, but I enjoy surrendering myself to the discipline of the company uh, idea, if you if you get my drift. Yeah, absolutely. Rather, rather than the self-discipline or not self-discipline <laughs> yes. in, a, in a rock and roll band. Okay. Now, what can we expect from the show? You're going to be performing at the Quinn Danning Hotel on the 22nd of November. And as I said, tickets are on sale yep. right now. What can we expect from your performance? Well, I, you know, I'll start at the beginning and it's a chronological... <laughs> It's a chronological musical uh, journey through mm-hmm. my through my songs, and with a few uh, a few di- diverse um, detours along the way, a few little surprises. But uh, by and large, it's what everybody expects to hear from me: my twilight material, my axiom material, and of course, a large part of it is my little river band material. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I cannot wait to see this. It's going to be November 22 at the Quindanning Inn. As I said, tickets are available at the Quindanning Hotel or you can get them via austix.com.au so you can see the incredible performance of Glenn Shorrock. It is going to be a delight. And thank you so much for taking the time out to have a chat to us this morning. Um, we wish yeah. you the best of luck on your little WA swing and can't wait to see you at the Quindanning Hotel. Uh, nicely put. Thank you, Daniel. And uh, I think I'll uh, put my feet up now and uh, watch the Aussies smash the New Zealanders. Yeah, exactly. I like your idea with that. <laughs> Good thinking. Glenn Shorrock joining us here on Wake Up on Radio West.